Oh, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. Was, that's what... They're happening. They work hard. They play hard. They, they play hard. They work hard. They look good. They feel they, good. That, yeah. I could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Wrestling Life. By the time I got your letter, I lost my mind. I was tripping when you get Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 234. It is May the 7th, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about. We have a WWE pay-per-view coming up this weekend. You have to climb the corporate ladder and risk it all. But... The risk is worth the reward. This is the first non-WrestleMania pay-per-view I can recall that has been this explicitly and obnoxiously branded. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the, there was that one uh, roadblock end of the line show. Sure. Uh, but that was more just a mouthful of a name. Uh, yes. To your point, not a a show name plus a three minute long tagline for the show. <laughs> um, I mean, there was like they used to do that with uh, you know Extreme Rules is the one night of the year WWE goes extreme or whatever. Yes, but it's been a while since we've uh, we've had a show like that where they really really even with like something like the Royal Rumble or so like they'll they'll mention oh it's the start of the road to WrestleMania or whatever but they don't. They they don't hammer that as hard as they have hammered climb the corporate ladder risk it all etc. on this Money in the Bank show. Yeah, so I guess let's go chronologically here. We recorded last week after the Wednesday Night War, and uh, Friday Night SmackDown aired, and that's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> the first thirty one minutes of that show were a Daniel Bryan promo which was fine, a Daniel Bryan-Baron Corbin match with a screwjob finish, and then three heels who have nothing in common other than two of them are in one faction and the other one is also evil, laid out Daniel Bryan. That was the first 31 minutes of the show, and that 31 minutes was punctuated by Corey Graves saying, I dare to even say this, Cole, but what would happen if Corbin or... Did, had done this to Brian on at, on the roof of WWE headquarters as if someone might be thrown off the roof to their death. And I thought, well, that's just another reason this is the worst show I've ever seen. And then they brought it up again on commentary on Raw on Monday, and it was like, oh, they're going to throw somebody off the roof. Yeah, like two, a couple people mentioned it in promos as well. Ray and somebody else did. AJ maybe. <laughs> so yeah, like they are they are telling you, if you order the show, somebody is going to get thrown off that roof. <laughs> I mean, it's probably if they would just outright say we taped this match three weeks ago and somebody gets thrown off the roof. I think that would be a far more effective job at building the pay-per-view than either SmackDown or Raw did this week. Yeah, I mean, I've heard worse sales pitches <laughs> for signing up for that network. You know, I've if you guarantee me there's, look, we taped the match, we're not going to tell you who wins, all the wrestlers on, on are under, like, are sworn to secrecy, uh... So we can't tell you who won, but just so you know, you will see the craziest moment in WWE history or whatever. Okay, well, that's a pitch. But I guess the way they do TV, that wouldn't work because AJ wasn't in the match until... uh, And Apollo didn't get hurt until last week. So if, if they just came out and admitted that it was filmed three weeks ago, they'd 
have some other explaining to do. But again, these are all, uh, I believe, what you would call unforced errors in the sports world. <laughs> That's accurate. There's a lot of that. Self-inflicted wounds, unforced errors. A lot of that on WWE television. So SmackDown is one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> Raw was not much better this week. If it was better, I don't know. The show was just endless. The final segment of the show was Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, and that was kind of paint by numbers by the book. Okay, good, even, maybe, but just a dreadful three hours of television that led us to that point. I didn't I didn't hate it, but it certainly wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's which is probably a way to describe a lot of WWE television. But yes, there was nothing other than Ray and AJ alluding to someone getting thrown off the top of the building. Uh, like, I didn't think the uh, the MVP thing with, with Nia and Asuka and uh, Shayna, I thought that was fine. Um, I thought it was really funny when uh, Ricochet lost to the tall guy <laughs> via a big boot. Like that yep. was the greatest metaphor I've ever seen for WWE booking, which is the small guys did flips and awesome moves for like two minutes. And then the big guy hit a big boot and won. the most generic white guy of all time killed Ricochet with a big boot. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny. Cause like NXT had a few of the, that type of guy. <laughs> and, like, we saw them on, like, those NXT house shows over the years. Like, Dan Matha and sure. Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Who Remember when he was a project oh. for about two weeks earlier this year? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, well, what's, uh, what's, what's this new fellow, Mr. Vink? What does he have that... Uh, that uh, these other three uh, muscular tall men apparently didn't have because two of them are now fired and one of them hasn't been on television uh, since uh, I don't remember when. And the answer is nothing. (laughs) That we've seen so far. I'm sure he'll (laughs) give it his best shot. But anyway, yeah, as far as, like, a go-home show for pay-per-view, I, like I said, I didn't think anything was terrible. You know, Seth Rollins is not a terrible promo, but, like, this Messiah thing is just just awful. And yeah. he's not a talented enough orator to pull off the, like, ch- sudden changes in tone and things that they want out of him. He's yes. not... He can do one type of pro wrestling promo, and he's all right at it. He's Sometimes he's even good at it, but he is not good at what they have given him here. So I would suggest moving him away from that, but we'll see. Well, I guess, you know, we've kind of been complaining that Kevin Owens beat Seth at WrestleMania, and then it's as if it never happened, and Seth is just challenging for the title again mm. but I, I guess owens has been out with an injury and or not wanting to work during a pandemic sure. so i guess that's why seth is in this spot but um you know it's just going to be drew beat seth and then they just do that th- like three more times <laughs> and we're going to see this program for the next three months probably in empty arenas with no noise yeah, I mean, hopefully, I mean, my guess is uh, it feels like this year's year they'll decide not to make a new star with Money in the Bank. Sure. And so AJ will probably win it, and then he'll be Drew's, like, late summer program. So I imagine we get another month or two of Seth, and then Drew moves on to AJ for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, we we'll, let's let's preview this Money in the Bank <laughs> show. It's coming up this Sunday on WWE Network. Much more excited for the uh, the last ride of the Undertaker uh, series that's going to begin airing um, every Sunday uh, after this pay per view. 
uh, starting with, with the first episode after this pay-per-view. And I guess it's kind of centered around what should have been his retirement match, uh, <laughs> like, two or three years ago at this point. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't, I, I don't even, I don't even understand what's going on, but. Alrighty, uh, so there's a Fatal 4-Way tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship at Money in the Bank. It's the New Day against Miz and Morrison, against the Forgotten Sons, against Lucha House Party. One of the Usos, I'm not sure which one, is hurt and out for a while. I believe it's Jimmy. Lonnie Uso is out. <laughs> and so we're going to watch the Lucha House Party on pay-per-view. Remember when Lindsay Dorado did like that crazy moonsault off the roof of the Elimination Chamber and then he wasn't on TV for three months? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that happened. Uh, the Forgotten Sons beat New Day this past week on SmackDown. I watched the show. I have no idea who won that match when I was trying to remember the results the next day. So, so you not... would say that you have, in fact, forgotten the <laughs> Forgotten Sons. Sweet irony, yes. Uh, I don't know or care who's going to win this match. Do you? No. Um, Miss I... and Morrison are kind of entertaining. Sure. Kind of. New Day, like, they've earned their position, but also I don't necessarily need to see them anymore. <laughs> and, you know, the other guys are just there to be tackling dummies, so. Yeah, I mean, Forgotten Sons feel like they're the villains of this. Oh, yeah. Of this oh, year, yeah. the, or, you know, the revival pre-them ask, asking for their notice. Yes. Uh you know, they're, they're going to be guys who are a little little pet project of Paul's and NXT. And then Vince is going to get them and look at them and go, they're boring. And yeah. I don't get it. And why yep. are they forgotten? Yep. Well, let's forget them then, pal. And they're yep. going to lose a lot. So, and, and, and I'm, you, not, I'm not. You yeah, know what? I, I, I don't disagree with Vince in this case. No. <laughs> He's not always wrong. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the Hunter has been working on them Forgotten Sons for a long time. And every time they come out, even in full sale with a full crowd that loves everything, they get what I would refer to as a tepid reaction. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't like their chances as uh, as far as long term thinking goes. So, yeah, just who the, the new day are the champions. The New Day are the current champions, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they can keep them, or Miz and Morrison can <laughs> win them, or, who, you know, whatever, it's fine. Sure. Bailey's wrestling Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. They're going with Bailey and Sasha Banks at some point. I just have no sure. confidence whatsoever that it's going to be in my lifetime or that it's going <laughs> to be a title program. So... Uh, I also don't think Tamina's going to be the champion, but I could also see... I, I don't... I could see Bailey losing this title before they get to her and Sasha Banks. Yeah. I mean, it's, that could be, like, the catalyst for it, is that, you know, Sasha screws something up for Bailey, and Bailey or Bailey wants Sasha to cheat, and... Sasha's conflicted and won't do it, and Bailey gets pinned or whatever. Um, and then Bailey takes her frustration out on, on Sasha, because I just assume Sasha's the one going babyface in this. Um, which, I mean, nat from a natural standpoint, <laughs> it's like the worst idea. <laughs> but Bailey's also been a heel for such a short amount of time, relatively speaking. Um, and it feels like. They want to, there's like, there's something in there about like, oh, Sasha was always the more natural heel, but now Bailey's like, like she created a monster. And when she became evil blue haired Sasha and, and uh, Bailey cut her hair to also illustrate that uh, things have changed, <laughs> because that's the only way to illustrate that you've gone through a character change is to cut your hair <laughs> or color it differently. Um, 
so there's like there's something in there like oh you know it seemed like always like Sasha was going to be the one that would turn on Bailey but now the 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 dichotomy of them have completely changed and now Bailey's the more evil one and I I think that's probably the route they're going to go eventually but yeah as of now I don't think Tamina should or will win the (laughs) (laughs) Smackdown title to get back on track oh yeah A, a million percent Sasha Banks is a natural heel Problem is Bailey's a natural baby face, <laughs> but Bailey needs to be a heel. But Sasha is also such a good heel that no matter how long she's a heel, she's always got the crowd's always going to want to turn her baby face. The worst thing they ever did to her, besides everything they've done in booking her in the last <laughs> five years, <laughs> is when like she was on the main roster for like I don't know six or eight months, and they turned her baby face right away. It's like. That's the worst thing they could have... Well, it's not the worst thing they could have done. The worst yeah. thing they could have done is everything they've done with her for the last five years. But they should not have turned her until for a long time. But anyway. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. Sure. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt are wrestling for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman's promos in this feud have been atrocious. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's promos in this feud have been pretty good. The They've problem, been Bray Wyatt promos. Sure. The problem is now they're going to do a wrestling match. <laughs> and and to be clear, this is this is just this is the man. This is Bray Wyatt, not the poor man's murder clown uh, that Braun <laughs> will be wrestling. Correct. I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> because we've seen I, this once before when he uh when he wrestled uh, the Miz, was it? He was just sweater wearing Bray Wyatt. Yeah, they have not explicitly said that this is the fiend, but also we have one more television before then. So who knows? For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It gonna doesn't suck. sound like it's gonna be good. Um nope. and also I do think it was funny that they even sort of pointed it out in the midst of the story that they didn't bother to come up with a reason for why Braun left the Wyatt family. Yeah. He just was on a different show one day. Yes. Also, hilarious to me that Bray says that he brought Braun out of the swamp and gave him a home. <laughs> it's like, wait. He's still trying to hold on to that, even though now he's a wizard <laughs> and a ghost and a demon clown. He's but, still, like, trying to hold on to that, no, I'm a swamp cult leader guy. But also, Braun was just a swamp man living. <laughs> he lived in the swamp? The swamps of Texas? <laughs> I don't, I don't, North Carolina? I don't understand. I don't know, the, man. But, yes, that's, apparently that's Braun's origin story. He's, he is, uh, he is the swamp thing. Uh, and he's been humanized by these fans and uh and and bray wyatt wants to take him back to his swamp Swamp? roots sure let's quickly move on drew mcintyre and seth rollins for the wwe title talk about this already kind of maybe they'll have a good match although it's very difficult to have a good match something that we didn't talk about when we were talking about television that i would like to talk about the first show after the pandemic, we were discussing this, and I said, no one's going to be going to want to be the first company to pipe in crowd noise, but somebody just needs to bite the bullet and pipe in some crowd noise because anything is preferable to these empty arena, no sound shows, and somebody's just got somebody's got to do it i mean AEW is actually like putting a couple dozen people in the audience apparently as of this week uh extras and staff and wrestlers and things of that nature but wwe if they're not going to do that just put in a laugh track who cares or like music or something that's an interesting idea just anything that's not yeah like like (laughs) you used to play like an old wrestling video game or something and like once the match started, there would just be like generic rock and roll playing during your your matches. Sure, like, do that. That's like, anything preferable to having <laughs> to listen to these people like do awful trash talk or listen to the ref scream dumb <laughs> in, dumb instructions yep. at full volume. 
anything would be preferable to that. And I, I do agree. And yeah, I don't think that AEW system is perfect, but it is like they're trying something and it gives the, the show some sort of feeling of life to it. Yes. Um, that they're, for the most part, there it does not feel that way when you watch these WWE Performance Center matches. Yeah. So Drew and Seth might have a good match, but they might not also because it's really, really hard to have a good match in this environment. Uh, and no way Drew is losing that title for a long time. So I hope not. Yeah. All right. Women's Money in the Bank match. Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Carmella. I see Lacey and Shayna as the two possibilities to win this. How about you? I think Nia's winning. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they, and, like, I mean, Lord knows I would much prefer to see them do something with Shayna, but um, I think they, I think there's a story to be told with Becky and Nia that they've never really told since, I mean, Nia's the one that broke her face and arguably made her a much bigger star than she was. Um, and they've never really paid that off. They may have had an interaction in like a Royal Rumble or something that I'm forgetting, but they haven't really been in like the same place at the same time since. So it seems like that's a story that's worth telling. Now you don't need the money in the bank to do that theoretically. So yes, it still could go to Lacey or Shayna or whoever, but. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I, I see Naya as having a pretty good chance of being the the next big program for Becky. Physically, do you think she can climb a ladder? Um, they have that. If they bring that big giant Big Show ladder, yes, good idea. Like the double gold one. Yes, I'm uh, not trying. By the way, I'm not trying to make a weight joke about her. No, she doesn't move well. Right. That's that. That was my point. Like she physically is not capable of doing very much. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's not a. Yeah, it's nothing. We're we're big respecters of women on this show. And <laughs> exactly. We never that. Literally, physically, like, is she? She doesn't look like she's uh, moving around very well. No. So, no. Uh, ideally, no. You know, no one who's in poor physical shape should have to climb and or do spots off of a ladder. But Hey, what are we going to do? Our hands are tied because <laughs> it's not like this is fake or anything. Well, and also we shot this three weeks ago and we've had three weeks to edit it and you can do stuff with crash pads and stunt performers and things like that to gimmick this whole thing up. But ugh, I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to two or, you know, I guess these matches are happening simultaneously, so maybe it's just one cinematic match. But I don't know that I'm looking forward to another one so quickly after the last one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just my impression, or maybe I read this somewhere and I'm forgetting where, but is that, like, they're going to start the show with them, like, everybody arriving in the lobby, and then we're just going to cut back and forth between the Performance Center and... Uh, those matches and then the on the money in the bank match will just be like going on all night and like the the main event will be them finally getting to the roof or whatever hmm. that sounds like it blows i mean yeah it's not, it's not necessarily where i could do it but i could see them like mid bailey versus tamina for instance just cutting to like a picture in picture as you know uh Alistair Black and and somebody are fighting in a conference room or something. Yeah. All right, so we disagree on who's going to win the women's Money in the Bank match. The men's Money in the Bank match, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Alistair Black, King Corbin, Otis, and AJ Styles. If they wanted to make a new star, Alistair's the guy. You don't think they're going to do that. I don't disagree. And so, obviously, AJ seems like the winner here. I just don't... Corbin has already had this thing once. I don't... First of all, I don't need to see Corbin ever again. Second of all, <laughs> I don't need another 
thing, another feather. How many feathers are we going to give this guy to put in his hat? You know what I mean? <laughs> as, uh, as I believe Jim Ross famously once said, how many times can you repackage the British Bulldog? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, like, what he is is what he is. And mm-hmm. and giving him a crown or a new hat <laughs> or a briefcase <laughs> or, uh, you know, a shiny shirt or whatever. Or, in fact... It's it's it does blow my mind every week that Shinsuke Nakamura and Antonio Cesaro are the flunkies, are the heavies for Baron Corbin. But here we are, and uh, I don't know, like however many tassels you uh, you throw on him, I think he's he whatever he's gonna be is what he already is. So yeah, I don't think you need to also throw him the briefcase again. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. That's exciting. Money in the bank this Sunday. <laughs> Something that we talked about on the show first about three months ago, and then again last week, is the possibility of a Hollywood career for Becky Lynch. She did an interview with TMZ this past week where she said that she's being represented by The Rock's agent, and there's a lot of buzz about her maybe being offered a role in a Marvel movie. It seems like this Becky Lynch Hollywood thing went from zero to 60 in about a week. And I'm in favor. Good for her. But uh, WWE will never push anyone again <laughs> since, <laughs> since, this, since it's just Groundhog Day. Anytime they push anybody to the moon. Yeah. I mean, it's I, – I mean, yeah, I'm all for her. Like we talked about last week, uh, you know, getting out while she's before they ruin everything. <laughs> yes. Like, so good for her if she kind of has her her next move set up. And obviously it's it's part of her story that she retired from wrestling once already due to concussions and other injuries. So I imagine her shelf life as a in ring full time in ring performer is maybe a bit more limited than some of the other women that are there currently. So it's probably, so if that's, I don't, I don't necessarily see her as going full Dwayne and just leaving and being gone for five years, but yeah, maybe I, I could see her on a, on a more limited schedule, especially if it's to help further her, her, her career in another field. Like, yeah, that's, that's good for her. But to your point, um, well, I guess we got to wait until uh, Hunter and Stephanie's kids are of age because they're the next ones that are getting pushed. Yep. Yep. Shane's Shane's dumb sons. (laughs) Drive by on Shane McMahon's kids. They suck. (laughs) I don't, I don't understand that animosity, but I also don't want to ask any more questions. Let's move on. Wednesday Night Wars war this week. Uh, NXT had a couple of title matches. Charlotte got got DQ'd in hers. I actually don't know what happened in the Adam Cole dream match, but I'm assuming that Adam Cole retained that title. And then AEW was a mixed bag. Uh, What are your uh, big picture thoughts on Wednesday Night War? And then we can discuss any specifics that might come up. Yeah, I actually did a fair amount of uh, channel flipping this week because I was interested in the NXT show. Um, generally, I would wait and watch that on DVR or, or catch catch the YouTube highlights later and then watch AEW live mostly. But uh, yeah, and they really uh, they really showed me for for that decision. Uh, no, it was not a bad show, but there was uh, I did not think it was a particularly great show. Uh, uh, but there were some notable things on it. And then yeah. yeah, I thought I thought AEW was a a fine show with a pretty wacky fun main event. Yeah, so AEW did some shots and angles. They announced a bunch of matches for the pay per view coming up. MJF and Jungle Boy. Uh, I don't know why we got to keep beating Jungle Boy, but okay. Uh, Mr. Brody Lee character sucks. I'm sorry, <laughs> that character sucks. <laughs> We've taken this guy that maybe, okay, the whole point of getting Brody Lee is this is this 
misused athletic big man that can move like no no other big man. And now he's doing a Vince McMahon parody. Like, I just think that's such a wasted opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I thought like one or two little jabs is funny and fine. And I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, and then it was like the whole character was yeah. like, he was mad. He's mad that people sneeze and he's right. You know, eating weird steaks with ketchup and he's, yeah. uh, his first big new recruit since coming in is a six foot four jacked dude. Right. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. He's like, we get it. And he's, he's he's dressed like old Vince. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's got the weird color blazers and the gray slacks. And yeah, it's, I like, again, it's a funny joke. And if it was a bit more subtle, I wouldn't (laughs) care as much. Right. But they're just hitting you over the head with it almost every week. And, like, yeah, I'm sure him and Moxley will have a fine wrestling match. And I think on yeah. a short notice thrown together pay-per-view, that's a fine opponent for John Moxley. It's just someone he can beat and then move on. Yeah. But, so I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but it's not, yeah. I just think, I think there was something to that dark, as much as I don't think the Dark Order is a main event act at all. Um when they were just doing the recruiting stuff and I felt like some of those videos were funny and uh, the idea of them like taking the lowest of the low, like these, you know, the complete job guys and turning them into masks, max dorks to, uh, I was like, okay, that's something. And you can kind of build them up to be tag team level guy, you know, tag teams or whatever. Great. All right, cool. But uh, yeah, Brody Lee, as Vince McMahon Jr. Jr. is uh, is not good. No, not at all. <sighs> all right, so uh, Matt Hardy made his in-ring debut. He changed costumes three times during the match. I guess he's playing every character, every Matt Har- every version of Matt Hardy on the show. I don't know. Yes, uh, he's, got, he's got split. Uh, he's got split personalities now. I guess. Yeah. I'm sure this makes sense if you watch his YouTube show or something, but I don't, so I'm not a, I'm not exactly aware as as to I don't know if he's does he just like does he bring the because it used to be he had to go in the lake to transform, but now does he just like does he bring the lake water with him? Did he inject the lake water inside of him and he can just transform gimmicks whenever he wants now? I just want to know. I just want to know what the story is. You can tell me whatever dumb BS you want, but just. Let me know the rules, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I just, to me, the Matt Hardy signing doesn't make sense. It never made sense. That was the one where it's just like, okay, we want him because he's he's an ex-WWE guy, not because there's huge upside in Matt Hardy. Like, I, that's the one where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't understand this one, but... Yeah, I mean, again, I think we maybe talked about it when they first signed him. To me, his value is letting people that maybe aren't on TV a lot or don't have real programs going on, like folding them into his wacky vignettes and stuff and stuff on the Hardy compound and stuff. That's where you can use your, you know, your librarians and your dark orders and your, uh, the sex perverts and, uh, and (laughs) Japanese deathmatch legend Luther and, all the all those goofballs that they just kind of have sitting around like that's that to me is the value in Matt Hardy is you take that broken stuff and you use it to uh you know get people like that like Sonny Kiss like some of these people that just don't really have a place on television and you know have them be part of this wacky menagerie of of Matt Hardy stuff but yes him just being like a regular wrestling character uh feuding with Jericho is is not is not for me that being said, the main event was was pretty, you know, if you like hardcore, wild garbage brawls of the early 2000s, which, hey, I like one every once in a while. This was this was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no I have no complaints about that match. It was good. And uh, also I'd like to mention uh, Frankie Kazarian and I have patched things up. Uh, <laughs> after, good news. Yes. After I announced on this program last week that he had blocked me on Twitter for no reason. 
I then mentioned it in my report this week, and moments later, I got a message for Frankie Kazarian, and we patched things up. So it's <laughs> good to hear. Frankie Kazarian, good guy. Good guy. Acquaintance of the show. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Sir, I can't. Oh, the uh, the the sex. Uh, there are also sex perverts now on uh, NXT. Yes. Uh, big, big debut this week. Yes, Carrion uh, Cross and, uh, and Scarlet, no last name, uh, debuted. And they had this very elaborate entrance with like a weird death metal song that uh, Scarlet mouths the words to as she's walking to the ring. And then uh, she has like she has like claws on her gloves like uh, Catwoman on the 60s Batman show. Mm. And uh, and then uh, uh, Karrion Cross beat some dude in like a minute, and then yeah, then they played the music again. So I guess they're either vampires or they're some sort of heavy metal sex perverts. That's what I got out of it. Don't we have enough sex pests in wrestling without bringing sex pest characters into wrestling? You would think, and yet, there are plentiful, I mean, again, this is probably me just projecting, but I'm like, I'm pretty, like, if that's not, if they're not supposed to be sex perverts, I don't get it, I guess is my point. <laughs> Same thing with uh, the, 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 the butcher and the blade. Why are they wearing those gimp masks if they aren't sex perverts? You don't wear gimp masks while you slice meat. Or... Or to put it another way. <laughs> anyway, to uh, <laughs> uh I mean, my you... other... no, go ahead. <laughs> my other notes <laughs> on NXT. Speaking of meat, uh, Finn Balor was on the show. Good and... lord, man! <laughs> and uh, and you uh... know, I will, I will say, I will take this opportunity to say, we get it, man. We get it. <laughs> You got a big hog. We get it. Yep. Yep. And uh, and he cut a promo about how uh, he because, of course, he was laid out mysteriously like two weeks ago on the show. And never, never could figure that out. I wondered if that was a well, quarantine guess, thing, but yeah, um, not quite sure. But for whatever reason, he was announced for the show and he just wasn't at the show and they didn't even film him being attacked. But uh, then he came down to cut a promo about how he thought the biggest snakes in WWE were in the office, because it's the shoot brother. But in fact, the biggest snake is whoever attacked him. Um, and then he also mentioned that uh, they did it because they thought they would get a push. But mm. in fact, when they come against Finn Balor, it will not be a push, it will be a squash. So mm. that's Finn Balor's uh, new gimmick is angry internet wrestling fan, I guess. Nice. So there's that. And then, yes, in the main event, uh, Adam Cole uh, retained via some uh, shenanigans by the Undisputed Era. But it did feature a great moment when uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong uh, went to run down to the ring and... Uh, what is Sam Shaw's name? I can't. My brain won't let me remember it. It's for, for whatever reason, I think about him like 14 times a day. Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis. Thank you. Uh, just as they're running down the ring, uh, Dexter Lo Loomis slithered out from under the bottom of the <laughs> ring to uh, try to prevent them from attacking. But then they just beat him up, and then uh, the ref got bumped, and Velveteen ended up getting uh, beaten by Adam Cole. So... Also, Velveteen's gear had just the most glitter anyone's gear has ever had. So he and Adam Cole and the ring apron and the referee, I assume, were just all covered in glitter by the end of the match. So there's something to look forward to if you haven't caught NXT yet this week. The glitteriest main event you've ever seen. Nothing I could possibly say that could follow anything that you've said in the last 10 minutes. So <laughs> Just nothing. It's just 
really, I urge you to go back and listen to yourself on this episode. <laughs> listen, listen to some of your descriptions, some of your self-segues, just some of the finest work you've ever done. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh, uh, discuss? Should we mention the weird Jake Roberts AEW angle? I, you know, I, we can talk about it if you want. Like, so Jake Roberts, they had Britt Baker lay out Brandy Rhodes. Why? Because they didn't want to have Jake Jake Roberts or Lance Archer lay out Brandy Rhodes, have a man on woman violence. So they had Britt Baker lay out Brandy Rhodes, a thrower in the ring. Then they had Jake Roberts put a snake on her, and then he kind of. Um, kind of straddled her and kind of did some pelvic thrusting. I was worried uh, we were going to have a heroes of wrestling situation, but thankfully Jake was sober. You never know. You never know with Jake. I thought it was. I guess the whole the whole idea, and they had Brandy do a promo before the match, which it's counterproductive every time Brandy cuts. <laughs> it's. To me, it's counterproductive every time Brandy gets a promo. <laughs> she, um, I don't know her as a human being. As a character, she's a natural heel. And even though in this scenario, she's obviously supposed to be the baby face, it was not something, you didn't come out of that promo by her rooting for her. And then the end of the segment was a heel, uh, uh, leering at her and like pelvic thrusting her as a snake crawled all over her. I thought it was really um, sleazy and I guess the whole idea obviously is they want you to think of Jake as the sleazy old man and now Cody's got a reason to go after Archer even if he didn't before for destroying his brother. It's like alright well now Archer's beaten up and bloodied his brother and now and, he's mad and his make-a-wish kid QT Marshall <sighs> ridiculous don't get me started but yeah and now he's he's you know the creepy old dirty old man has been dirty to his wife i know that's the idea i didn't like it i thought it was sleazy and not in a good way all all i'm saying here is that if you do that angle cody better win or he better turn heel (laughs) because you can't let that guy do that to your wife and lose to his guy, to lose to that guy's guy, and still be a babyface that I believe in or can care about. Like that's so. I'm just saying. I know people were kind of uh, discussing the possibility of Cody turning heel based on him like throwing Darby Allen into Brandy last week or whatever. Yeah. Um. So if that's the direction you're going, I think it's fine. <laughs> that's that Lance Archer wins the, that TNT belt, but man, if you plan on keeping Cody as a babyface for even like more than like another month, I think he's got to win now. <laughs> and I don't know that you're you want to be in the position where you have to beat your new top monster heel this quickly. But again, I just don't I don't see how you you keep that guy a babyface if that get, happens to his wife and then he loses. Did you find it gratuitously sleazy, or am I being uh, too much of a prude? I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're like, yes, it was sleazy and exploitative, but that's sort of the the point. Right. Which, again, like, if if she and or Cody get revenge on Jake next week or at the pay-per-view, then again, it's like, all right, well, the the bad guy did a gross thing, but God has come up. Then I'm like, all right, well, at least you're showing here that like that stuff doesn't go unanswered or whatever. But yeah, unless if like, again, I just keep coming back to like, unless the, like that pay-per-view needs to end with Cody winning the belt and Brandy kicking Jake Roberts square in the balls. And, and if it doesn't, then turn them both. <laughs> Or sure. at least turn, at least turn Cody. I guess Brandy can still manage uh, Dustin and the Yoshihashi of AEW, uh, QT Marshall, and uh, <laughs> and be a babyface if she wants. But yeah, I just that's what I keep coming back to. Is like if you're gonna go that hard with it and that sleazy, for lack of a better term, it better be to set up a big time epic babyface comeback. 
Brandy and Dustin and QT, by the way, have like the worst <laughs> negative charisma together. <laughs> it's it's comical. It's like Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice together. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> Who feuded with Gold Dust, if you remember? I didn't remember. Over the million dollar championship. I remember Virgil was back for a while taking bumps. Yeah, he came back for like a week or two, and then they're like, never mind. Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad we've detoured. <laughs> I'm glad we talked about Ted DiBiase Jr., most famously in recent times for being part of his father's, like, fraud charity or whatever. Yeah, did you hear Brett Favre's caught up in that scheme, by the way? Oh, I didn't know it was the same scheme. I knew he was involved somewhere in it. Yeah. Or somewhere the... in something untoward. Yeah, it's the Mississippi uh, welfare uh, scheme. Like, fake charities were getting welfare handouts, and Brett Favre, like, got $1.1 million in this like said he's going to pay it back, but I don't think we've heard the last of these stories. Huh. Well, it's funny because our news is so dominated by, you know, the the news. Right. You know, the current world in which we live. That there's, like a, there's probably a million little weird things and, like, sleazy, terrible things that are happening that we'll just never know about because we're all just trying to not die or get sick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Uh, what? Uh, uh, all right. All right, everybody. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Ethan. <laughs> I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more sleaze from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. What the hell is going on at your house? It's so like, well, like... no, I'm the only one who works anymore. Oh, so, nice. like, it's just, it's the pool's open all night now. So, <laughs> uh, we're just, we're slamming things and we're making, like, making coffee at, like, 11 o'clock at night and <laughs> watching TV at super loud volumes. And, yeah, it's great. Perfect. <laughs> How do you feel about the easing of, uh, easing of uh, the quarantine and whatever the hell's going on in the state of Maryland? Um, I, <laughs> well, not great, Bob. Like, I don't, sure. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, it seems like there are two options and which is, uh, and this is again, more on a federal level than the state level. It's like you either, yes, you either let people come back to work and say, we don't care if anyone dies or not, right. or you pay people to stay home. Right. And that I don't think that's something that really any uh, mainstream politician wants. Like uh, a lot of Americans getting a positive opinion of a welfare state, you know, that's dangerous. Because like, what if you figure out that like the federal government is actually supposed to like provide for people? That wouldn't be good, you know. Sure. So I think that's. So I think we're probably just gonna we're just gonna slowly. And we'll find a nicer way to say it because we tried or by we, I mean, like, you know, there was like the lieutenant governor in Texas and stuff like real early on. We tried to jump right to, well, we just got to let grandma die. And that like got pushed back. So we had to wait like a month. But now that I hear that talking point coming back in a lot now. So mm-hmm. I think we're just going to keep getting pushed back on like, well, we just got to we just got to reopen it because, I mean, what else are we going to do? And the answer, again, is pay pay people to stay home, suspend rent, suspend mortgage payments. Uh, but that seems increasingly unlikely. So they're just going to let <laughs> – they're just going to do what they can. And I guess the governors will do their best, depending on the state and <laughs> if they care, um, to ease ease things. I don't know. It's <laughs> – 
it's hard not to feel like you're signing <laughs> signing death warrants for people. But hey, that's under uh, under Umberto Eco's fourteen points of eternal fascism. Uh, everyone is educated to become a hero under a fascist regime, in which case uh, death is welcomed and in fact encouraged. And you not only want death for yourself, but for others, because to die is to be a hero. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of I think a lot of uh, rhetoric about how people are just gonna have to be heroic and you know we're warriors out here and we're we're just gonna we have to fight the enemy and uh, you know this this enemy and the way we fight it is by opening it up and letting ourselves get sick and letting our old people die. It's, it's messed up, man. But yeah, but uh, you're correct. That's obviously. I, I don't like that this has become um, I miss a time when Republicans were smart and maybe they weren't ever, but they really aren't but they really aren't now. And it's like somehow if you have to be dumb and argue for dumb things <laughs> if you're a Republican. Yes, it's like you have to argue in favor of lifting uh, stay-at-home orders. And even though, for sure, there's going to be another spike in, in, in infections and more people will die, and mm-hmm. not, peop- not people just at nursing homes, but because, because we like capitalism and free markets and things, we have to advocate for stupidity. Like, yes. <laughs> It's so mind-numbingly stupid. Yeah, it's uh, it's the 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 phrase "death cult" gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> but uh, when you're advocating again, uh, when you're trying to to make people feel heroic, the fact that the simple things of like wear gloves, wear mask, and stay away from each other, and only order takeout, and this has like become like a a culture war thing. Yes. Is like just, you know, that to me is such a sign of, and it's not surprising necessarily, but it is a sign of just how uh, everything forever will be this way. And, yes. and again, we, we, we need people to die because we need the arrow to go up. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's a terrible, horrible thing. And boy, sure would be nice to have, a person in the presidential race that like thought that healthcare was a human right. I try to keep on keeping on.